Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. It is Twitter Thursday. It's Friday, you say. Well, yes, we were going to do this yesterday. I told you we were doing three podcasts this week. Uh, This will be the fourth, so I didn't mind not giving you one yesterday. This is the bonus prize. We had a really good draft one earlier. Uh, We did AFC glaring holes. We did NFC glaring holes this week, so... We've been pumping it out pretty well, so I'm going to jump right into your Twitter questions here. We are brought to you by SeatGeek, very good friends of the podcast, and the entire Locked On NFL Network. Ryan Dean asked me, over under on first round trades for NFL draft, and he sets it at three. What team is most likely to move up and down? Um, New England notoriously does, but they don't have a first round pick as we stand. Certainly the Browns have shown a pension to do plenty of that, and they have several picks, so maybe they do something along the lines of Miles Garrett, which is a foregone conclusion. I actually just wrote an article about him comparing him to Peppers and Mario Williams and some of the other top dudes that have been coming out, you know, at similar positions. Check that out. Um, but maybe they move up a little to get their quarterback, or they move in back into first round, you know, the end of the first round to get their quarterback, something like that. I would say the number, I would go above three. If three's the number, I think there's a much better chance there's four than two. The problem is, and the way I'm seeing it right now is, okay, Miles Garrett goes off the board at one. And then it's kind of like, hmm, now what do we do? Like, I, I bet that there's no one clamoring to get that second pick. And the same thing's really true with three, four... You know, you sort of kind of hit that sweet spot in this draft around, what, six or seven, where those guys you get there are, are values, but there's almost not a A-minus tier. I mean, there is. I mean, let's say Miles Garrett's an A-plus. There's not really just a an A-grade guys. You know, I mean, trust me, I like all the, all the guys that are going to go high, you know, Hooker and Adams and those dudes. But it's not like one is, or two of them stands alone. You know, like... I'm sure San Francisco would love if they would have had Wentz on the board or Andre Johnson or Calvin Johnson. I'm talking about guys that you know, have gone second overall or in that neighborhood in previous drafts. But there's not a guy that I think San Francisco goes, wow, that's awesome. Or that the team's picking 10 or 11 is like, boy, I got to get up to two or three to get this dude. But I think there could be you know a lot more action after the first five or six picks fall off the board um how about a team like Tennessee as well I almost feel like Tennessee not has to but they really need to leave this draft with one of those top two wide receivers Davis or Williams maybe Ross you know and they have two first round picks but maybe they bump up three spots whenever Davis goes off the board to the Bills and they move up a handful of spots and they go grab Williams you know I mean I I think that's a possibility there's just always trades. I mean, and it's fun, you know, I mean, obviously. Um, so, 
I would go with the over. My man Jeff at NAD IDA Nadia whatever he always he always he's a Jack Lambert picture so he's always cool. Um, for Twitter Thursday he just told me to bring it on home so all right man I know you're listening you're you're a follower a, a loyal follower I love it. Um, what else do we have here on Twitter Thursday? Let's do some more work. Chad Tanny asked me. He's at the Tanny Wrench. With Carr and Max deals coming up, what do you think on paying them the same amount? Saying you're both as important to the team as the other. It's a cool idea. You know, bring them into the office together, put these two contracts out, sign them. You're our defensive leader. You're our offensive leader. You were drafted the same year. Except Carr's a quarterback. <laughs> you know, and he's going to get huge money. And Max going to get, you know, as much money as just about anyone, you know, any defensive player in this game. But <laughs> quarterbacks are worth more, you know. So it's a cool idea. Um, and maybe, uh, and I know Max is as elite as they get, but I think your quarterbacks are not going to say yes to that. You know, I mean, just uh, I can do more. Um, Charles asked me, who's your pick for playing in the World Series this year and who's taking the title? Charles, you are asking the very wrong guy on that. There's no question. Um, I watch the Pirates. I'll go to four or five games. I do a lot of work with Pirate games on in front of me. Sounds like the Cubs are awesome, but that's it would shock you people out there to know how little... I know about sports other than football. It, it's bad. I mean, I used to know everything about the, every league. And I could tell you, you know, the, the third center on the Quebec Nordiques. And I don't know anything anymore. But I do know you must go check out SeatGeek. Oh, look at that for the transition. I'm becoming a real professional at this, right? Because SeatGeek is the smartest. It's the easiest way to find tickets for the for the football games or concerts. Or like I mentioned, hockey. We got baseball around the corner, obviously. That you want to see close up and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. I now have the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I told you I used it for a Penguin game a couple weeks ago. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats for this weekend or any game of the season. Um, opening day, like I said, right around the corner. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek prices compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is giving a grade based on value, like a, dra like a draft prospect. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee, unlike draft prospects. So you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Forgot to put the ringer off on my phone as usual, but I will get to that later. So, to get your $20 rebate on tickets through SeatGeek, you download the SeatGeek app. Easy peasy. Go to the setting tabs, click add a promo code, enter the promo code LONFL, locked on NFL. SeatGeek will then send you a $20 check in the mail Then you made your after you made your first ticket purchase. So, 
Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code L-O-N-F-L right now. Okay, we are back to Twitter Thursday on a Friday. Paul Hodges asks, beyond Braylon Edwards, was there anyone else you banged the table for, or maybe just a bit more subtly in your role, than you did or didn't pan out? Uh, he's talking about the year I spent with the Browns, I assume. Um, and, and I didn't really even pound the table for Braylon Edwards. The consensus in the room was he was the best player. I agreed with that at the time. I mean, he was a really impressive wide receiver prospect coming out. Took him with the third pick. Um a couple other guys that were really well liked in that room, you know, not just myself, were Pollock. Remember the outside linebacker, edge player coming out of Georgia, David Pollock? Really good player. Um, people loved Matt Jones, too. Remember Matt Jones that got himself in a lot of trouble? I mean, we, we, he ended up going early second round, but we took Braylon Edwards in the first, so Jones wasn't even an option in the second, and Browns fans should be happy about that. Um, I remember Romeo Cornell loved Thomas Davis and looked at him. If you remember, he was a big safety at Georgia and looked at him as um, kind of his, his Rodney Harrison type, you know, for that defense that they were employing a new defense at the time that he'd be his enforcer, big safety. Eventually he ended up going obviously and playing linebacker, having an amazing career. Um, other guys I liked, well, I just came from Akron and that was the year he was a third round pick on Charlie Fry. I mean, I, I, very much vouched for him as a player. I mean, I know he didn't work out. He wasn't like every other Browns quarterback, but um, I, I I put my little red dot next to him. I forget what color dot it was. Just saying, I have faith that this guy will not let us down, you know, and especially as a person. Um, I don't know if I ever told you guys a story either, but I, I was kind of responsible for getting Josh Cribbs to the Browns too. I mean, he was at Kent, which was really close nearby. And about like the fifth, sixth round, you know, we had drafted Brady in the first round. We weren't really in the market for wide receivers. Um, but, every, you know, all the scouts each had a position. And I had $10,000 to uh, sign three wide receivers for, you know, undrafted free agents, camp body types. And Cribs was a guy we really, really liked. And he was close by. And I think I gave him like 9500 <laughs> And he eventually said yes. After he didn't get drafted, I remember Paul Warfield, Hall of Famer, awesome dude, uh, was one of our scouts at the time. He, like, sealed the deal talking to Cribs. So that's something I mentioned around here, and Steeler fans kind of hate me for it because Cribs did a lot of damage against the Steelers. But that was one of my claims of fame in that year, I would say. Um, I really loved DeMarcus Ware coming out. I mean, I thought he was in the conversation for best player in that draft too you know i watched a, a, a quite a bit of him coming out of troy remember him in a smaller school i'm trying to think i mean that was a long time ago um i'm sure there was quite a few that i liked or didn't like or you know or was right or wrong about that you know either went on to something great or not but uh, nothing that I can nothing is jumping out at me there so all right uh, John at Johnny Boy EH. Johnny Boy, yeah. All right. Which teams look like they can repeat what the Giants did last year via free agency and draft and improve vastly on one side of the ball? Huh. The Eagles absolutely come to mind. I mean, I really, th I talk about this all the time. I'm smitten with Wentz. I love him. They reinforced their offensive line. They now gave him serious weapons. 
and I think they'll draft a back to complete the offense. I think that offense could be not the best in the league. I mean, the Giants were basically the best in the league on defense last year when it was all said and done, but I think that was substantial for them for sure. Scanning the rest of the divisions here, you know, Atlanta didn't do a whole lot. Tampa got really good, you know, noticeably better on both sides of the ball, but I wouldn't say, you know, dominant or really concentrated on either side of the ball. Thinking about the rest of that division, eh, thinking about the West, eh, no, no. North, you know, I'm thinking about the Lions because their offensive line got better. And I think the draft will be all about defense for them, but I don't see the offense taking a big, big step forward, although I think, you know, uh, Stafford's an utter star. Bears, no. Packers, no. Vikings, no. How about the AFC? I mean, Patriots. It's so boring, but they're better on both sides of the ball. Their offense could be ridiculously good. Get Gronkowski back, oh, by the way. Um, Bills, no. Jets, absolutely not. Miami, I thought a year ago, offensively, but I wouldn't say that this year. Steelers, no. Browns, no. Bengals, absolutely not. Ravens, no. Texans. If they get Romo and they draft... Here's my thoughts on Texans. I know nobody asked, but I think that they're... If, I think the Texans need to come out of this next month with a veteran quarterback, and I've told you guys, Romo's my first choice, then Cutler. A early draft pick quarterback, you know, Mahomes would be perfect. He's my favorite. Um, but even Kaiser, somebody just, you don't plan on playing at all this year. And you go into next season with a veteran, you know, Romo or Cutler, Savage is a two, a rookie sitting there waiting, you know. And then all of a sudden, you're really set up at the quarterback position for now, later, all the above. And that's not hard to do from where they sit. So I think that needs to happen if I'm the Texans, and they need to add another offensive lineman in the draft, first or second round pick. If they happen to, you know, I think the draft will set up well for them to draft an offensive lineman there in the first round. But if they go for one of the quarterbacks, Kaiser, Mahomes, somebody like that, um, then I think you have to do it in the second round. Preferably a tackle, a right tackle, you know, and then all of a sudden, I really like where the Texans are at. They could be vastly improved on offense if they would follow, you know, that scheme. Titans, I wouldn't say, are vastly improved anywhere. Jags' defense was good, and now it could go to great. I mean, I think that's certainly a possibility. They added a lot. That's probably the answer. I mean, really, you know, to answer the question, Jags' D could be a Giants' D situation, although I thought it was better you know, the Jags D in 2016 was better than the Giants D in 2015. And they added a lot. You know, you just didn't know it because the offense was so bad. Um, Colts, no. Uh, anyone north? We did the north. How about the west? San Diego, no. Denver, no. Oakland, no. Kansas City, no. So, Jags D, I guess, is really the best answer to that question. Joel Sturges asks... Who's your guy in this class? And actually, he's asking me and Ryan McDowell. So that is a, for a different podcast to do, Dynasty Blueprint, which is all about dynasty fantasy football, which is something you guys should check out if you're not in, if you're bored with, you know, regular redraft, you know, and want to get into dynasty. That podcast is killer. We've been doing it now for over a year. Ryan and myself. Um, and I guess I'll make it a fantasy spin because we didn't answer this 
on the Dynasty Blueprint. Um, off the field aside, Joe Mixon's my guy. I think Joe Mixon might be better than Fournette, might be better than Cook. He could go to a great situation. I mean, I know what he did is terrible. I'm just telling you, football players, and again, I'm looking at it from a fantasy perspective. I want guys that's going to score points. Joe Mixon is really, really good. Um, I had mentioned Mahomes. I love Mahomes, too. I think Mahomes is the best quarterback in this class. Um, look for an article I wrote for FanRag. I think it'll come out tomorrow. Um, just kind of profiling the top four. And basically, in the end, I said, I want Mahomes. You know, that, you know, if you're looking for fantasy, that's not as all that important. But, you know, quarterbacks aren't that big a deal. And he may not even play for two years. But, and talking about in the real world, um, I think Mahomes and Mixon both have massive, uh, massive star power. Go Pats asks, Hey Matt, if Philly is so cornerback needy, then why trade Eric Rowe to the Pats? Which happened basically a year ago. I didn't understand it when it happened because I kind of I liked them coming out of school, um, and New England scooped him up in typical New England fashion. Not that he's a superstar, but you know, big corners don't grow on trees, and like New England does so well, they match him up against the Julios of the world, and Butler goes against the Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham's of the world. Who knows how they'll handle that going forward? But you know, even when Rowe came out, some thought he might be a free safety. Um, maybe that's in his future too. I mean, not now. He's doing fine at corner. Um, I, I was thinking, is it a scheme fit problem? You know, I mean, I, and I don't think so. They only drafted him, what, two years ago or whatever. And I, maybe they just didn't like him. <laughs> I mean, <coughs> sometimes you see that, you know I mean? Kenny Stills gets traded from the, the Saints and maybe just didn't like him. They didn't want him in the building anymore. And I, I didn't understand that when it happened. Um, that was a little odd, I thought. Um, Daniel Luter says, Can you explain the difference between right tackle and left tackle? Is right tackle always the worst player of the two, or are there different skill sets involved? Um, this used to be a lot more clear-cut 10 years ago when I'm growing up. You know, Back in the day, offenses were very right-handed. You have a right-handed quarterback. you got to think when he comes from center, the front of his body, is his front side is facing the right. A lot of right-handed running games with the tight end lined up into the right of the offensive line. A lot of base 21 packages with a running back and a fullback and a tight end and two receivers. But we're seeing far less of that. So in the day, the prototy- I mean, the, the stereotypical or prototypical right tackle is the 330-pound, run-behind-him guy, mash-your-face, a little bit heavy-footed, much better coming forward than going in reverse because you run right more, you know, double teams with tight ends, blow defensive ends off the ball, short yardage situation. Back in the day, the best pass rushers usually came from the quarterback's blind side as opposed to the right side of the offensive line. That's changing dramatically. You see Watt and Mack and Miller and all these guys rush off the you know the, the right side or the you know quarterback's right side. So I think the lines are blurrier. Where the left tackle was the higher paid, harder to find, dancing bear, Orlando Pace, Jonathan Ogden, elite in protection, great feet, 
hard to find guy. There's only 10 of them in the world type of player. Um, now there's such a shortage period that it's almost like you get what you get and you don't get upset. You know, like they used to tell my kids in daycare that, uh, and, and I do think that the lines are much blurrier now than they ever have been. So, um, keeping out, keeping, keeping, you know, it, it uh, yes, I mean, ideally, you would rather have Joe Thomas as your left tackle and uh, a masher on the right side to some degree, but really, the, the world is all about the passing game now in the NFL, which leads me to this next question by Chris Otto. Are running backs like Adrian Peterson a dying breed in today's NFL? Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, dying, they're not a dinosaur. I mean, Adrian, there's always going to be a place for Adrian Peterson. But... Although he's, there's no place for Adrian Peterson right now. But uh, you, it's all about the passing game. At every position, you need to, all of you need to train yourself now that at every position on the field, NFL teams are going to say, how can you help me win in the passing game? Oh, you can't all that much? Uh, then maybe we got a roster spot for you, or maybe we don't. And that even includes a running back that you hand the ball to a time. I mean, look at the best guys in the league right now are Elliott. Bell, Johnson, they're great receivers, and Elliott's about to be. I mean, LaShawn McCoy, I mean, guys like that are more valuable because Peterson wants to run, doesn't like running out of the shotgun, wants a fullback. Like, well, that limits our whole packages, you know? Like, that's not how we want to play football anymore, you know? And you're a great player, and we can cater around you to some degree if you're that special, but we don't want to, <laughs> you know? I mean... We're not going to choose to do that. So, in a way that they are a dying breed. You know, the running backs need to protect and they need to be able to catch the ball. Um, the Laguerre blunts of the world just are common now. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. You are a mighty fortress of supreme knowledge. Progressive Direct has not only revealed their rates, but those of their competitors. If you were any more in the know, you would be drowning in, you know, the know. Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates, because knowledge is power. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Jason at J underscore peg. This is, this is clever. I like this. Two Ruben questions for you. Sauerkraut or coleslaw? Obviously, kraut. Rubens are wonderful. They're high on my list. I'm not a slaw guy at all. I don't know. I think that's something that comes with age, maybe. Maybe when I'm old, I'll be a slaw guy. But no, it's got to be kraut, Thousand Island. You know, yeah, it's the only way to go. And another Ruben. Does Ruben Foster... See that we did there? Ruben. Two Ruben questions for you. Does Ruben Foster fall outside the top ten? Ooh, you're hearing rumblings that Davis from Florida has surpassed him, that Reddick has surpassed him. You know, they're both exceptional athletes and testers, that Foster rubs people wrong. I will say, yes, he falls out of the top 10. And I'll also say someone will be really happy he does 10 years from now and say, boy, we got a great player, a foundation a leader of our defense type player. Um, uh, yes, I don't think he goes in the top 10. 
to answer your question, and you know, quickly, yeah, I don't think he goes to the top ten. Um, Greg at Greg the Great twenty one, ignoring needs and real life, how would Leonard Fournette look in the Titans' backfield? It's not going to happen, like you said. I mean, they just draft. They use an early second round pick on Derrick Henry. They can't even get him on the field because Murray's still really good. So that's not a pick that's going to happen. That's why we're ignoring real life. But that's like the perfect place in the world for him. You know what I mean? Yes, they want receiving backs too, but that team doesn't care as much about it as others. They want a big physical line with a big physical downhill back. That would be a wonderful place for Fournette to play. You know, and there's no doubt about that. I think Carolina would be good too. I think inevitably he's going to end up in Carolina or Jacksonville. I think Coughlin looks at that team and says, we need a back to count on. They need offensive line too, but you know where, th- where they're picking. Let's make Blake's job easier. I want an every down pounder, old school, Tom Coughlin's old, you know, and let him be the foundation of our offense. Carolina needs to find their next guy. They want to be really physical too. That would be a really good spot for him too. Both those would be great for him. Tennessee would be phenomenal for him. So. I think that's gonna do it. I'm buzzing through here on my uh, on my my Twitter feed, and I think that's about it. So um, here's one more from Snuggles Snuggle Monkey ninety nine asked me, "Where would you rank Martavis Bryant in terms of talent at the wide receiver position? Shouldn't we be taking some risk?" I think that's also a question about dynasty, about fantasy, but that's okay. I'm not going to answer it that way. I'm going to answer it how he originally asked, where would I rank him in terms of talent? Top five in the entire league. I think he's a rare, rare talent. Maybe number one. I mean, Julio Jones is pretty damn talented. Odell Beckham's pretty damn damn talented. But Martavis is too. I mean, he's 6'4". And it's easy to forget. I mean, some of the things he's done, I mean, like that crazy somersault catch it between your legs thing, I mean, that's nuts. But the thing that I like the most about him as an athlete is an athlete is when they give it to him on end of rounds, the way he dips like Vaughn Miller coming off the edge without losing speed and gets up field and bends the corner at 6'4 with this long, lanky frame. If you don't do this for a living or you're not, you know, you don't study humans and athletics and you, you might not realize how hard that is to do. I mean, at full speed, he gets from his shoulders being perpendicular to the line of scrimmage to his shoulders being parallel with the line of scrimmage, bending the corner with fierce giant men chasing him and gets low and doesn't lose anything or have to chop his feet. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, not to mention, you know, his ability to go up and snag a football or, you know, it's just flat-out speed down the edge. Or uh, He's a total freak. I mean, I could make the argument that he's the most talented wide receiver on the planet right now, and I think he's clearly top five. So that's it. Uh, we will be back next week. Over and out. I hope you enjoyed Twitter Thursday on a Friday. Drop me a line at Williamson NFL. Spread the word. You know all those good things. See ya.
Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17